Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuhu. Welcome to another episode of Muslim Birth World. And today we're joined by Anissa from Inherent Birth. So inshallah, I won't say any more. I'll just hand right over to you, sis, inshallah. Okay, jazakallah khairan for having me and um, for introducing me. Um, I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll give a little, um, a little overview of who I am and what I do before we jump in, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, as you said, my name's Anissa and I run a company called Inherent Birth and it's a perinatal wellness company. So I support women along their motherhood journey. So from the pregnancy, the birth, um, postpartum into early motherhood. And I focus on helping them feel fully prepared to make choices for their experience that they want to look back on and feel proud of, inshallah, or feel like they were fully supported on or they had a level of autonomy through. So that's essentially what I do. And I've been doing it for the past nine years, alhamdulillah, over a a couple of um, different countries. So I work online as well as in the Middle East and the UK. So yes, there's a a few stories under my belt, alhamdulillah. MashaAllah. (laughs) That's awesome. I'm really, really, um, I'm really happy to have you here and to also hear anything you've got to share with us because it's like it's something so special to have this as the ummah as part of the ummah as muslim sisters um which you know striving for unity is something which is kind of rare nowadays but to find sisters in a similar field who are not you know not scared to talk to each other and and, yes. and open up is really special so if we can create more of a network which is basically what i'm kind of working towards is an, is a muslim kind of muslima um mm-hmm. network globally so that we've got our own resources and our own signposting so we can support each other um mm-hmm. essentially without having to um use other resources that may not yeah. be beneficial for us i so, love yeah. it i absolutely love that and you know what is such an important um vision and mission you know that you've been blessed with alhamdulillah because as they say representation matters and it really especially at such a time of like this this motherhood stage where there's so much vulnerability involved you know in order to really get through it that there is that level of vulnerability you have to have and in order to be vulnerable you have to feel safe enough to be vulnerable Mm -hmm. and in order to do that a lot of the time you have to have that level of familiarity and that level of of comfort and that does come through with having yourself represented I think so as you said what you know what you're doing is incredible and I really love it (laughs) well you know it helps to have sisters like yourself you know as the kind of rods there with me because um, there's no way I could do these things on my own and we are stronger you know when we're united in number we are much stronger inshallah that is so true Um, that is so true the key thing you said sis sorry just gonna say you know when you said vulnerability that's so this this vulnerability of currency of vulnerability Mm -hmm. um that I see so much in the sort of social scene online nowadays you know with the online mindset coaching birth coaching this 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 kind of eruption of um this is in the muslim world you know um Mm -hmm. It's become this vulnerability is the new currency, and it's the idea that the more you expose your 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 trauma, your your pre-lived experiences, you show more of yourself physically, visibly, your face, your body, your private life, your marital relations, your even a down to your private intimate relations with your husband. This mm. is where it's going. And this is, you know, this is crucial because I'm still trying to hold on to that bit of integrity of not showing yeah. myself, you know. Yeah, and difficult. again, there's a very fine line as a Muslima. Where do we draw a line? But, as to how know, much vulnerability we're prepared to show and share. So true. So, so yeah. So true. 
what you've said is so no honestly it is so true and that is a a very fine balance that I think we all dance across every day actually you know interacting in this kind of space and as you said holding on to your integrity and your value your core value system as you navigate this can be you know tricky and it is something that you have to reaffirm yourself upon time and time Mm -hmm. again because the vulnerability that we all face as we cross into motherhood for the first time, second time, third time, that's a different type of vulnerability. It's one where, you know, we, we have to surrender to the process. We have to be yeah. able to let go. We have to be able to, you know, understand Allah's will and know that, you know, you trust in it and you, you're, you're sort of, as you say, you tie your camel and then you, you, you sort of trust in and have to wackle in Allah's plan. It's that yeah. level of, of vulnerability and, and acceptance and openness and it's funny that you mention about, you know, the, the superficial level of vulnerability, I think you're talking about where it's that that level that's on show rather than that deepened vulnerability with oneself. It's a marketing yeah. strategy. It is a marketing yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. why I call it like super, it, it's like surface yeah, yeah. level. Superficial. Good, good term. You know? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that deeper level of vulnerability and connection mm. with yourself, connection with the higher being, with Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, mm. that level of vulnerability, that, that rawness, that deepness that we all have to kind of tune into across, you know, um, that that the, the the barrel of motherhood in you know with um that's what I'm talking about and that's what yeah. we find so difficult and you know it, as you know as a doula like we have to turn off that high level thinking part of the brain to be able to you know tune into it effectively to have the hormones going and we've mm. been so conditioned into sort of um you know just just being so highly tuned and connected to everything and not mm. switching off that high level thinking and kind of going into our state of being being open being vulnerable and submitting to the process mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it's it's that level that I find so many subhanAllah so many women are just petrified of because it's the unknown because it's just it's different it's what we're not used to doing um and yeah I find that's what people have the most difficulty with actually it's that it's part of, of the process that is that switching off and trusting and having that true tawakul um mm-hmm. in in the way Allah's designed your body um, yeah. you know there's that level and in the plan he has for you as well um, so there, there's so many different layers to it that I, I just find it incredible it's multifaceted it really and is. you know Seth, you know with the like societal strength constraints that we live in particularly I noticed when I was in the UAE maybe you've seen it in Dubai and um, Saudi as well um, it's the idea that we are being conditioned to be detached and desensitized from our connection with the higher being all mm. these gadgets and and, and and technology and all this stuff that's surrounding us environmentally in our society and the way we live we mm-hmm. are slowly being conditioned to being cut off from that even in the maternity mm-hmm. system we're seeing it we're seeing this kind of you 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 can't give birth your body can't do it without our help this obstetric mm-hmm. kind of intervention is no longer an option it's more of it's the only way, you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. this fear, this instilling fear, this in kind of, you know, you have got fear of it. Don't worry. You can't do it. We'll do it for you. Mm-hmm. It's not even a question of being allowed to be in touch with it anymore. We're kind of being conditioned to thinking there isn't, we can't connect. It's almost like a lot of us are disconnected, you know, even to natural, natural medicines, the natural route, you know, so many people now, conditioned to just opting to pharmaceutical based remedies to you know medicines to mm-hmm. clinic clinical settings it's just it's just we are just slowly being conditioned and <laughs> and so yeah so this desensitization as well is something I, I look at quite a lot Do you know it's so interesting you say that because I, I honestly believe in choice mm. and for some people they are not at a point where they're able to like sort of you know 
just go all natural or maybe it wouldn't even be appropriate for them to do so. It's just not for them. But this is where I think responsibility, autonomy, understanding comes in. And if if a person has gone into something with full disclosure, understanding that benefit risk profile, understanding where they stand and why they stand there and being okay with that, and then making a decision. I don't think any decision they've made after that is, you know, kind of um, subject to judgment or should be subject to any type of judgment. But if somebody's just going in from a place of, you know, fear and distrust Uh of of themselves and distrust of of the process, then I think that is something that's really sad. Um, It's really concerning. Yeah, it's very concerning. It's very sad. And it's, it's just really I just feel like there's such a disservice. Um, And and, and and off the back of that, you know, um, people feel like they're saving themselves from, you know, some element of trouble by opting to do A, B or C. The, mm. the thing is, most of the time, it's not opting out. It's just delaying, you know, the, the, mm. that process of, of a traumatic experience in a way, because a traumatic experience isn't relative to, oh, you know, just having a cesarean or having a, a natural birth. It, it's, it's across the board. And, and what I find mm. from my experience is those who come out feeling traumatized, it's more about the way they experience the birth rather than what happens. Yeah, so absolutely. if they've gone through that experience petrified and not trusting themselves and feeling like they weren't heard and feeling, you know, overshadowed and feeling all these different feelings that I, you really shouldn't be feeling at that time of life. It's a powerful time of life. Feeling mm-hmm. all of those dejected um, sort of feelings that that is that tends to be when those other, you know, sort of traumatic experiences do come in. I'm not saying that's the only, but I find that's mm-hmm. a, a, a very big um, avenue for where it does come in. So, um, you know, having choice very important taking responsibility yes. is very important understanding yeah. your own voice and where you stand and and what your opinions are very very important and that's what I like to focus on with the women I, I support because too often it's that thing that you said it's that you know am I allowed question you know mm-hmm. and it's like, so who is who is it that isn't allowing you to experience your experience the way you, you know you're trying key. to experience it you know? this is so, key yeah. and and some of the sisters that I work with as well, they're totally prepared. We talked about everything. They've even come to me when they've asked for support. They've come to me with knowledge ready. Mm. They just wanted me just to reinforce it with them. They were ready, but they just wanted that bit of, you know, are you with me? Yes, I'm with you. I'm there, you know, mm-hmm. and I just get it that they just need me to just, they just need someone who gets it. So we go for it. We go in and, you know, for whatever reason, maybe they, they have a hospital setting birth, let's just say, mm-hmm. and it's all fine. But as soon as they enter that setting, it all goes, everything, Mm. every single bit. And I watch it fall and I think, I can't do anything. That's Mm. not my place, that's them. I'm just there, I'm hold their hand, I'm hold, I will hold their hand. (laughs) I will be (laughs) very primitive me, but you know, I'll hold them, I'll keep close to them, I'll do whatever they want me to do, anything. But I, I have to just be just be with them and there's such such an interesting thing and that's when they come out and that's where the their trauma sometimes lies is that they they freeze they do that freeze and they freeze they let everything happen to them and they come and they say then they live with that resentment of themselves Mm -hmm. like I had all that knowledge I knew what I wanted but I still let that happen to me this is where the psyche is for the sisters particularly with Muslima with Muslim Mm -hmm. women because we're submissive by nature because we we submit to our husbands we submit to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you know we mm-hmm. are submissive but they mm-hmm. abuse this submission the system yes. well for want of a better word you know health, health healthcare professionals people who know these things you know even the, even birth workers in the field they yeah. all know 
they have a glimpse of the Muslim identity. They know what we do. They know we cover. They know we obey our husbands. And that's one of the things that they will abuse us with. And they do. Mm. And you it's know, so sad to see that. It's, it's so sad, subhanAllah. What you've said, I think that's a, that's, that's a two-pronged thing that you've discussed there. There's um, an element of responsibility that does. I, I'm really heavy on this, you know, the yeah, responsibility. Yeah, the love came res- through, man. <laughs> responsibility just means ability to respond you know ability to respond and that looks different for each person so I just want to put that disclaimer out there but um there is this um this sort of idea of what it is to be a Muslim woman and that that does exist within a lot of the the system you know within the system as you said but also I feel like Muslim women are also missing a piece on what it is to be a Muslim woman because yes we do have this element of submission but Allah created us powerful as well Yes, and and, yes. and you know so we so we, the submission has its place even as I said right. to the process, you know, just process and the strength that it takes it's not a weak thing it's a strong thing to be able mm-hmm. to submit to the process to have that tawakul to have that sense of self to have that sense of peace you know that to we, obey maybe, yeah to, yes to let it go as well yeah. as we are also very articulate we're very driven we're very um purposeful in what we do and mm-hmm. we do not just even islamically we don't we don't tolerate oppression Allah's made oppression you know forbidden for him he doesn't oppress his creation and we also are not supposed mm-hmm. to oppress creation and that includes ourselves. so yeah. with knowing that and having that level of responsibility ability to respond to oppression that we see even for ourselves, is a very yes. important and I think too often we go in with this um, as women, you know, as the birthing people, as the, as the birthing women, we go in with this idea. Oh, I can't say I can't do this. Actually, we have a duty of care to ourselves yeah. to prevent that oppression. But yeah. again, it's a difficult place to get to. I realize it doesn't you know, happen overnight. So that's why having beautiful sisters such as yourself, who, as you said, you're there to hold that space. You're there to reassure your clients and let them know that actually what is it you want to remind them of their choices. And yes. obviously we can't intervene. You know, there's this time and place and on how we can sort of um, do these that's things. Right. But just your very presence and what you do is such a powerful reminder to them as to, mm. you know, what is possible and what they do want and a reminder for what they said they wanted for their experience. Yeah. So, um, I think there's a lot of work we still have to do just, you know, as a collective and, you know, building up more of us in the field. But um, I think there's definitely room for growth and definitely space for expanding into having having more um, peaceful experiences, inshallah. Inshallah, definitely. Yeah. And, you know, something about choice, you know, when we talked, we mentioned we've got choice and we've got responsibility. Choice is something which is is an interesting one because there's the fitra that we have. Mm-hmm. The fitra as a person, I mean, I'm a revert, so I came to Islam later in life, just over 10 years ago. So I had the fitra of a, of a, of a non-Muslim Christian girl and then as a, as a Muslim. And now my, my fitra is what drives me. So there are some things I have no choice over. It's just, it's natural and it's what it is, you know. So we have choice and we don't have choice. And as, a, as somebody who is, you know, still probably having babies inshallah <laughs> and inshallah. Working, inshallah working with people who's who are having babies um choice is still something that people don't have always mm. you know it's something that we might think we have to a degree but when it really comes down to it there's a lot of considerations to take on board mm. um I wanted, for example, my most recent birth in 2021, um, last year in July, they'd closed the home birth facilities. But right up until before they closed them, I was like, I'm having a home birth. Mm. And my husband, Barakallah Fiqh, said, 
he panicked. He panicked. He didn't, he didn't feel comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. And rather than me say, well, it's not your body. It's my body, my choice. I'm going to do it. I thought to myself, do you know what? It's what I want, but I know how, how strong I am. I can give birth anywhere, inshallah. It's okay. Mm-hmm. If that's what makes him feel safer and more comfortable, then you know what? Let me, let me not cause a problem because mm. it would upset him and what we have to make these choices and I've seen mm. it with other sisters culturally who are in you know different backgrounds culturally and in their culture it's not really the done thing to have a home birth or something like mm-hmm. that and it would be more conditioned we do it we do it in a hospital you don't you don't do that and it's this going against the constraints how many times do we not we probably have a choice but then we don't really have a choice do you see mm. what I mean I understand um, it's quite what interesting. you're saying. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I love what you said. And thank you for bringing that up as well, because um, when I talk about choice, I, I do speak about it in a quite a specific way, which is it, it's in a way of, of not being. OK, so when I deal with clients, this is one thing mm-hmm. I say to them. It's about having that fluidity because birth is a very fluid experience. You cannot guarantee any kind of outcomes. And there is always a choice as in what is the next step you take? And mm-hmm. even our lack of choice or our lack of action, I should say, is a choice. Because everything we do or don't do has a repercussion to it. So at, at that moment, it wouldn't have fit you to say to him, you know what, well, this is what I want to do. But you could have said it, but it was your choice not to. Just that with every, every, it doesn't, the choice that we make doesn't always mean it's something that we um, we wholeheartedly wanted to do. It might even be, okay, what is the lesser of the two evils out of this? Or, um, you know, somebody might be told they have to go and have an induction because there's, you know, there's a, a real pathology, not just an, you know, a drawn up scenario. There's a real pathology and mm-hmm. they need to be induced because the baby's, you know, um, health and safety is, is uh, paramount at the moment. Now, that wouldn't have been the person's choice. That's their situation. And mm-hmm. out of that situation, instead of just walking down the route of, OK, you're going to come in and have an induction and this, this, this and this is going to happen. It's about taking that moment to just sit with the, the idea okay this is what's going to happen how is how is how would I like it to happen in the best way closest to the way I'd like it to be for me what is the closest experience to something that will feel comfortable for me or something that I'll feel involved in or a part of or will not be traumatized by so for mm-hmm. somebody that might be okay well, I'm going to have a cesarean I would like to be knocked out because I'm going to feel totally, you know, traumatized if I see everything and all the smells and sights and I'm, I'm, I'm involved. In it. It's going to be too much for me. That might be someone's choice. On the mm-hmm. other side, it might be someone's choice to have a gentle cesarean, you know, and to let the baby, you know, be, you know, to take the baby out themselves. You know, there's there's those kind of things that can happen to have the screen brought down to do skin to skin immediately. Again, it's it's those little steps within the process that they can put their signature on so when they look back they can see their footprints in their experience so when I'm talking about choice those are the elements I'm talking about because in life things don't always go to plan you know we have this big plan and you know everything goes a to z no sometimes it's a to y to b to l then to maybe z and it's about at those moments how we pivot with the choice we make in order mm-hmm. to readdress the balance into something we can recognize as an experience of our own I hope that makes sense yes yes mashallah I actually um you just jolted my mind you know when people like send you to to a place of thought so with your words mashallah I was taken back to Friday when I was in the birthrights I'm on the access fund doula 
I'm an mm. access fund doula, Julia Case. So as part of that, we were given a workshop by birthrights in maternity rights. Mm-hmm. And basically it's, it's this thing like human rights. So that's, that's really interesting because if we think about it from the perspective of how we were talking about it in the workshop, the baby doesn't have rights until it's born. Mm. So we, as the mom, has to make the choice, have to make the choice for both us and the unborn child. Mm-hmm. So it's not only sitting and reflecting about our own thoughts of how what we want to do, whether we want to do nothing on the brain, the brain kind of spectrum, mm-hmm. or whether what 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 do we do? You know, what do we do in you know in those kinds of moments? We're actually that, and and it's it's our right to make a decision for our baby. Mm-hmm. So if, for example, there was this scenario that came up, like you described, about an induction. And it's paramount to the health and safety of the child, the unborn baby. It is up to the mum to decide whether she wants to have that induction or not. Mm-hmm. This, what I find in the maternity care, is there is this extraordinary, extraordinary inverted commas care, mm-hmm. safeguarding in inverted commas. Uh, sometimes we actually need safeguarding from these 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 places. They're from these structures, from these people. So we need to work with them. But in order to work with them, they have to, they have to come to us. They have to be on our level as humans. Um, there's this inhumane environment. I like I can speak firsthand from being, you know, very close, close to them recently. There is an inhumane situation. They are panicky. They panic mm-hmm. at our bodies doing its natural thing. And they run away they flee yeah. and grab a consultant or a doctor and you're like whoa hold up a second this is her body this is my body this is we're doing good we don't need this and this choice um at that moment where is the choice mm. and if they start saying oh well your baby you know you don't want your baby to you wouldn't want your baby to die would you mm. oh gosh I've and this, so many this, times. you know so that line like, the dead baby card is stuff for yeah. love sounds awful to say it but it comes up and up and up it's everywhere it yeah they ring it out so them saying these kinds of things it pulls on our strings now if for example you turn around and say no I'm still not going to do what you want me to do and they say well in that case I'm afraid because you're not doing this we're going to have to make a referral to social services which mm-hmm. is what we talked about in the birthrights on Friday as well again let them do it let them do mm-hmm. it is it just a threat is it real are they really going to refer that is social service going to come back with a person with no history of any kinds of negligence never been in care never had any 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 social background situation at all is really going to waste their resources on somebody who just says, I really don't want this right now. Where mm. is the bodily autonomy? Where is the where is the choice? And who is responsible for whose body at that time? You know, mm. that, that's the finite area that I believe legal, ma- legal aspects, solicitors, um, all these things don't cover. They don't cover that second between just at that point when the baby's about to emerge and coming through to the to the world that Mm. that moment nobody can cover that bit the only person who's got it is that mommy and would they just let her be (laughs) would Mm. they just leave it be now I'm not saying that we don't need intervention I'm not saying that and I'm not saying we don't need medication because that would be crazy to say that but Mm. the amount of times that 
it's not broke, so don't fix it, goes through my mind. I just can't believe that we're still in this, that we're still in a situation. And we want to have relationships, good relationships with the maternity services. And I'm working with the DMV, the local MVP, and I've been volunteering and working and trying to liaison, you know, and it just seems this kind of back and forth of appeasement, but where is the action? Is it ever Mm. gonna change? The, yeah, you know, the mid- midwives are leaving traumatized with PTSD. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. They can't Vicarious bear it. trauma. Vicarious yeah, trauma is very, trauma. They can't real deal with thing. it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. What are they to do? So this, this kind of, it's, and then of course, if you choose to, okay, so for example, you choose to do something like free birth, that's your choice. Now, mm-hmm. some people for once, you know, like for, for because of their circumstances, that definitely wasn't a choice. That was elimination. Yeah. That was their last resort because mm. they just wanted to have baby in peace yeah. um i don't think they actually chose free birth i think it's just well i can't do that and i can't do do this so i have to, I have to of elimination yeah. yes elimination yeah. again no choice mm. so subhanallah this 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 topic you know what you've discussed this subhanallah is so deep it is and um and who's responsible for the for the mom for that for that for that mom and that baby once the baby's born there's no continuity of care the mm. midwives stand on the doorstep will not come into your home and if they do they're covered in plastic and hardly come near you which you don't really want anyway but it's just again <laughs> inhumane you know it inhumane is touch it's there's like a conve- conveyor belt mm. of, of care type of mentality and and you know um there's a few points that you made that i, I just want to briefly touch on and um you said about um you know, it's our responsibility as mothers to kind of make the decisions for both us and the child. And even Islamically, they say one of the first, one of the best first decisions a man can make is to pick the mother for his child. Yes. And with with that comes again, the responsibility of when we do get to times like this, okay, are we going to do our due diligence as difficult as it may be? Because I say to my children all the time, Yes, that's difficult. Whatever it is that they're telling, oh, mommy, so-and-so is difficult. I'm like, yes, I understand it's difficult, but we're created with the ability to do difficult things. It's okay, let's keep going. Um, you know, as a, as, a, as a reminder that just that difficulty, we might need to pause, we might need to refresh, we might need the support, we might need a reminder, but we can do difficult things. And I feel like sometimes when we get to a point of making difficult decisions, it becomes this despair and this handing over of our autonomy and our power and our choice or our decision. It just gets turned out because we're not used to holding on to something that's a bit difficult or a bit tricky to look at or something that requires responsibility for what the, you know, what the result or end action from that um, decision is. That's that's one point I wanted to touch on. Um, in regards to what you said about the continuity of care and the vicarious trauma, like I, I truly believe the obviously I'm, this is going to go into a whole different topic. But, you know, the, <laughs> rabbit the, hole the, the, Yeah, this is a rabbit hole. Like this is, <laughs> this is like just the, the the education system and the way things are set up um, and the institution that is healthcare. I mean, it's not really there in a manner that is able to really provide that individualized care um and there's so I, I do feel like there are a lot of very well-meaning individuals and a lot of excellent individuals as well in mm-hmm. in in the in the field and I do feel like a lot of people's hands are tied with what they're able to mm-hmm. do and they do feel mm-hmm. that level of burnout and that frustration and that and that upset and that apathy you know it gets to a place of apathy where they're like well what can I do I'm just going to do the best 
you know, the best I can within my very limited remit. And sometimes that is what we're faced with when we see them. Now, I'm not saying that's acceptable. I'm not saying that any woman should have, um, you know, an experience that is less than because somebody is, is feeling apathetic because they're feeling, you know, tied up in their situation. But it is what happens. The reality is, we, you know, there is fallout from that. Um, so I feel like there are a lot of people making the best out of a situation that's at present. That's number one. And that number mm. the, the other thing that I really have to touch on is I just the word midwife means with woman. That's the mm-hmm. word translated Med, into midwife. And, yeah, with woman. Yeah. And when I hear this idea and this concept of, oh, I don't want there to be an us and them, it really, it it kind of bothers me a little bit because there is no us or them. There should only be a them, which is the woman that we are with. And if we're not with her, who are we with? What are we with? You know, so those are the kind of things that kind of get me, get me, you know, going a little bit because it's like that autonomy, that level of, as we've said, choice or lack of choice or, you know, um, process of elimination that happens. It's like where what's at the center of all of that? What's driving those decisions? What is, you know, the, the end goal? Is it that, oh, let's, um, let's avoid having like a lawsuit or let's avoid having litigation or let's get this experience to be one that this woman has said she'd like. Let's get her the things that make her feel safe and supported and let's keep away from her the things that make her feel unsafe and make her feel uneasy. So again, where is the focus? Just as you said, you know, the the, the baby doesn't have rights until, actually I've taken that, that birth rights training as well. I took it, um, I think a couple of years ago, alhamdulillah. Um, and it's really interesting, mashallah. But it's again, where where does the choice lie? Where does the responsibility lie? Where does the emphasis lie? If it's not with that, that woman giving birth. And again, with the woman giving birth, she has the responsibility over the child. So it's, as you said, it's multifaceted. There's so many layers, there's so many things to consider. Um, but yeah, I, I do feel we need to start picking it apart bit by bit, just so we can move a little further forward, inshallah. Yes, inshallah. I think I think it boils down to intention. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if we talk about, for example, midwifery um, <laughs> and nursing and all these things, and even being a doula, we have to ask. Everybody has their intentions behind what they're doing, their drive. Mm-hmm. And not everybody's intention is the same. But we know in Islam we're rewarded greatly for our intentions, even if our outcome was not exactly ideal in inverted commas um, Mm. our intention we can still be rewarded for our intention and that's it's so valuable and so important now if we look at for example midwives I kind of scat through my mind of all the ones I've ever come across and I think to myself all of them had an intention each one had an intention when they went out there when they studied when they you know went into their training and when they came to the trust or hospital they work under everything they've done even those who have emigrated gone and live abroad and are training or working abroad they all have their intention sometimes we have to ask ourselves what their intention is is it financial is it um well-being you know that reward that kind of like feeling of um feeling that reward of doing good i can hear my baby have (laughs) fighting with his brothers and sisters and wrestling with dad I often ask myself about this and then I think about I think some situations we have to just forgive people we have mm. to just forgive them because they just know not what they do and yeah. that's just how they are 
but there is definitely um, a clear what I have discovered as I'm a mum who is giving birth and using facilities a surface user as they want to call us and I'm also a doula birth worker so I'm seeing it from a couple of different angles Mm -hmm. and the doula birth worker angle I'm definitely seeing that they feel very intimidated by us sometimes Mm. they're very much connected to us sometimes they're like oh god you know I really wish I could be like could do what you do you know like they see relief Mm. in what we do because we are we are what we are true to what we are without all the kind of you know the pressures that they're under like you say they've got a lot bureaucracy the red tape yeah definitely yeah and we don't have that Mm. um some of them unfortunately feel very intimidated some are very aggressive some are very Mm. aggressive there is there was a form that was um going around saying um if you have um was a home birth setting so the the community midwife came to the home birth settings with the the mom prospective mom and gave her a form and on the form it said she had to tick to say no doula present what yeah so she actually had to say that you won't have it to basically she had to agree that she would not have a doula and then she would be granted midwifery uh, you know um, community support midwifery home birth services yeah so it's this they do definitely see there's something going on in the birth world at the Mm -hmm. moment you know you've got that this is going to hurt this isn't this is going to hurt this isn't I don't even know what it is I didn't watch it. it's horrible but I saw snippets of it it's this kind of vibe that's slowly being kind of um blended into everything we do and everything Mm -hmm. starts at the birth so obviously it's it's you know it's gonna be there and we're just, we're just, I guess we'll just wait and see what happens, see how things pan out, but definitely creating better relations and more trusting relations, if possible, between yeah. people who may have to use a hospital for one, you know, because they have no other option. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, my, I myself am making the choice at the moment, you know, about having another baby and how I'm going to do it, where I'm going to do it. Mm. Um, it's all in Allah's hands, actually, whether I'm pregnant or not and where it will be. But mm. ultimately, you know, do I want to go through what I went through again last year in July 21? Probably not. Inshallah. Mm. But it's this, I can deal with it if it happens again. But this time, you know, I'm going to do some revolutionary moves. May Allah grant you the best, the best experience. Yeah. I mean, but, but it's this, it's not just me, is it? We're all there. All yeah. of us, you know, yeah. as women, Sorry. we're all going through that same, where is my safe place? Where's my nest? Where's my, you know, and if I dig deep, it's like deep in the garden at the end in the bushes and the trees and that like, chip, 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 chip. And it's warm mm. and humming and buzzy and quiet. And there's a the little trinkly stream that I can dip in and have a swim in if I want, you know, I can feel my vibe. Mm. But where on earth are we going to get that? Like where, yeah. you know, like that's almost virtually impossible I'll probably end up having a baby in December in the snow (laughs) (laughs) but you know like when you actually think about the logistics outside you know your fitra you follow your fitra where would you like to be sometimes outside outside. honestly you know what I so relate to that because I um I had my first daughter here in the UK I had Mm. my second and third in Saudi Arabia and Mm. when I was surprised pregnant pregnant and you know surprised with my fourth I said to my husband okay honey I'll see you later um I'm going back to England because <laughs> I'm not giving birth here I've seen too many births here I know what it takes yeah the vi- again the vicarious trauma like I I can't do it and yeah. I even knew that I was going to have a fight on my hands coming back to the UK which I did and it's okay I was ready for it I said mm. nothing is going to take away 
from this experience. I know what I have ahead of me. I know the, the, you know, the, the, the sort of um, trials that I have to overcome and I'll overcome them one by one. Like I had to be that dead set in my mindset about what it is I was going to experience by yeah. the, by the power and permission of Allah. And I had to be so intentional in creating that space because yeah. I was like, yeah. there is no way I'm doing it petrified again because it, I don't deserve it. And neither does my baby. And yeah. um, Alhamdulillah, I had a home birth. I had to fight for it right until the end. Alhamdulillah, I had it. And not only that, when I gave birth, I gave birth and he entered the words. He entered the world hearing the words, <laughs> Bismillah. Bismillah. That's what I was, I was shouting when he was born. And, and, and the, the reason I, I, I speak about, you know, choice and the way I do is because I, I understand how difficult it is. I understand, mm. like, as you just said, you know, the fitra of what you know deep down inside, mm, I mm, really mm. need that. You know, you mm. can't explain it sometimes. It's not something you can put into words and, and you can articulate that, that deep, you know, that deep need to be in a specific type of envir- environment or to create as much as possible a specific right. environment you know um it's a very organic thing it's a very primitive thing almost it's just something yes. innate that you know you need yes. to to try and honor in some way maybe yeah. not fully but in some way subhanallah and um as much as possible and that's what i mean by choice what is the experience we really crave having and how close can we come to that what are the footprints we can look back and see of our experience and know yes i was present in that you know, I, I, that was my decision. That's what I wanted. And I think it's very important to hold on to that, regardless of all the, of the obstacles in front, having, seeking out people like yourself, seeking out, you know, doulas who represent what you, you, you stand for or your ethos or what you're trying to achieve or, or who've seen it so that they can help you recreate it. Um, yes. or, or, you know, even friends, family, whoever, just holding on to resources that can help you get to that place of, yeah getting as close to that that fitra that you were just speaking about because it's there for a reason honestly and yeah. um, there's there's such a profound beauty and power in that I just can't explain it it's just so subhanallah like and everybody's is different I had somebody contact me a couple of months ago talking about water you know they wanted to be close to the water they had to be close to the water mm. and subhanallah just talking to her I could just see her passion and, and the level of of need she had for that and again it's about exploring ideas that can come as close to it as possible rather than just dismissing it as something that can never be it can never be if we don't aspire to it or or work for it or put in any element towards it it doesn't mean it's going to be it in entirety but if we don't put anything before us then there won't be anything there type you know so to speak so I really get where you're coming from with that subhanallah yes and then again you know it's so deep because then we think about it on that level that we have to strive to obtain mm-hmm. the ideal or the the best for us the best circumstance mm-hmm. for us it's our responsibility to make sure that we do our best like we know in islam if we put in the work you know allah comes mm-hmm. to us allah provides for mm-hmm. us there's a reward in yes. that and that that's so true but then what about what about if we were we were born and placed mm-hmm. and existed in a circumstance which was just right for us, sis, mm. from the start. You know, that we didn't have to go out there and get mm. on flights and come back to a system and go oh, to a maternity man. care, yeah. sort out, yeah. you know, deal with these, you know, have to tell them, no, I'm not concealing my pregnancy because I don't want to deal with you. It's 20 weeks. Sorry, no, I'm not, mm. I'm not being troublesome because I don't want to do a scan. No, I don't want to, you know, if you just want to just literally let it go and be, is there a place where we can be free? And we talk about free birth, but it's not really free, is it? It's not free. 
no it's not do you know as you said that subhanallah the idea of what you said was so beautiful but then do you know what just came to my mind subhanallah mm. what? that this dun- this dunya is yeah. a Prisoner for the believers. Subhanallah. And as you said, there is reward even in that fight. There's a reward even. And the intention that we have. I'd I'd like to have this experience because it will be good for me. It'll be good for the Mm -hmm. baby. I want to have a peaceful, even that intention, even if we're not Mm -hmm. able to achieve it. That's why I said the, the, it's not really about the outcome. It's about the experience and the process and how we show up within that. You know, what state, what state are we in with it, within that process? And as we say Islamically as well, it's about, you know, the patience is, is during the test. You know, it's like that first sign of the test. It's during the process, not just, oh, now that the test has passed, I mean, you know, at the end of it, now I'm going to be patient. No, it's during the process. So sometimes there are things in this that are so difficult and, and, and yes. yes, With hardship. With hardship hardship. comes Yes. With hardship yeah. comes the ease, subhanAllah. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, again, if I never had the experience I had after having my first daughter, little mm. backstory, I, I, you know, I was, I was pregnant, I got married early, got pregnant early, had her. I didn't attend antenatal classes because Induction. I didn't feel like I would have been, I would have been welcomed. Um, mm. As in, you know, I went in a club, I just didn't think I was going to be welcomed in a place, in that kind of space. It wasn't a safe space for me, so I didn't. We're still come. not unfortunately yeah but that's yeah, why we create our, our own, own spaces now. we create our own now <laughs> yeah. alhamdulillah <laughs> you know so at that time I didn't have access to that and I was what you'd call um you know a baby center mom you know you go online and oh the baby's as big as a melon today and all that kind of, I had all of that information the fruits, but like yeah, I, I did too. yeah I like that. you know yeah. but I didn't know what I really needed to know you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of my mum my gave me some wisdom on birth, you know, focus on a spot in the room and do your breathing. And I didn't realise how, how beneficial it was or when she told me, you know, go in the bath when when it's getting a bit hot. And I was like, mum, honestly, like, I don't have time to do that now. It hurts. She's like, get in the bath. Stuff like that. Along the right, it was very beneficial. But there was Amazing. there was some really, really poignant things that I didn't know. I know now, alhamdulillah, and I tell women now, but at that point, I didn't know, which would have been yeah, really handy for me. Yeah, and I ended yeah. up having a complete a health crash after I had her postpartum my body just went blip <laughs> I'm done so um now if that process didn't happen it wouldn't have sent me on the journey that I then ended up going on yeah now how, how many years down the line so within that pain within mm-hmm. that process there was still higher and yeah. if we remain open to understanding that maybe it didn't go exactly as I wanted it to mm-hmm. and you know what I did my best Allah knows my intention of being rewarded for it. And, you know, taking comfort in that element, but also take, moving forward with the lesson, moving forward mm. with the goodness out of it still, because in every situation, whether it's easy to accept or not, there whether it's a, a pretty situation or a really horrifically ugly one, there is a good, mm. there's a gem hidden That's in fair. there. Yeah. There's a ge- yeah. gem hidden in there. So, Definitely. you know, yeah, subhanAllah. <laughs> yeah. SubhanAllah. Oh, wow. That's so true. I, I think this topic, like it, there's so many, like, there's so many avenues we could go down with it. There's so much to it. There's so many layers, you know, um, and I just think this is a topic that needs so much exploration, just as, 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 as women giving birth and going through this, this rite of passage that is motherhood, you know, as, as one of the forms, I should say, um, it, there's just so much wisdom in it. There's so many room, there's so many, so much room for learning and growth um, yeah. with it. And sometimes I think we do get caught up on the idea that if it doesn't go in this quote unquote ideal way, that it's been a failure or Absolutely. it's been a disaster. Yeah. You know? And I, I even, um, one of my clients I had um, not too long ago, she was telling me about, you know, 
a, a family member who, you know, was really trying for this natural birth and she went through the labor process and ended up with a C-section. So she's really upset. And um, subhanAllah, and I, I offered her a piece of information to say that actually the hormones and the stress that was released from the labor process helped to mature the baby's lungs and did bring about some benefit in, in that, even though she did have cesarean, which is something she didn't want to have. So even within that process, there was something in there. Please don't let her feel like that 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 labor process was pointless. If nothing else, if she, if she was even able to think, oh, my baby's lungs, you know, had a level of maturation because of it. Um, and, and actually she she told her that and she did feel really um, it was it was right for her to tell her that information. And she did feel really comforted by that, actually, that within that process, there was higher that happened. There was benefit. Yeah. But at that moment, she, she didn't know or realize. But afterwards, she was like, oh, well, it wasn't pointless. There was something, you know, beneficial. It wasn't for no reason, subhanAllah. So, um, yeah, it's just there's so much these things. There's so many learnings and wisdoms that if we just take the time to sit and look at them and really, again, there's signs for those who reflect, you know. Yes. And if we do that, you know, we pick up so many gems, subhanAllah. There's so, it's got so much to offer us. SubhanAllah, it's so true. So true, sis. Oh wow, Jazakallah khair. This has been beautiful. <laughs> really beautiful. Both reflective and and very kind of like almost restorative, if that's the right way to say it. Um restoring that which yeah. Allah Allah has, you know, put out there for us. Mm. Um sometimes we we need to come together. And mm. when we do come together, of course, we ask, you know, the angels are present and sometimes, you know. Maybe Allah has made it so the angels are present when we mention that of Islam and, you know, importance yeah. of obeying, obeying that which we know and trusting mm. in what we what we can't see um, and having faith that when we do tie our camel and we have tawakal, we make that choice. And then once we've done that, we can have that peace to know that whatever's happened, happened. It's a bit like, you know, before I prayed, I would never feel quite comfortable. I would, I, before I was a Muslim, I mean, I used to pray morning and night as a Christian, but mm. if I hadn't prayed, I'd feel like this anxiety almost like, well, anything that happens right now is like totally not color Allah because I haven't prayed, mm. you know? So then wow. when I became a, a praying person, you know, a praying Muslim, and I taught myself how to pray and I taught myself the basic surah and the calls and everything and al-fatiha, I used to feel this peace in my chest, like, okay, this is good. Anything that happens from now, I've, I've, I've read my salah, like I've done, I've wow. prayed, my, I've prayed. So that means that from now forward, it's Qadr Allah. It's what mm. Allah wanted me. And you'd always get that panic, like subhanAllah, if it's Asr time, you haven't quite prayed and mm-hmm. something happens, you're like, oh, astaghfirullah, is this what yeah. I need to pray? <laughs> I need to go and pray right now. <laughs> it's like, it just keeps us in check, doesn't it? You know, that it does, night. It does. That grounding, so grounding. I was asked once in one of the groups that I gather with, you know, predominantly non, well, I was the only Muslim in the group, you know, standard, isn't it, sis? Standard. It, so it, it is. <laughs> I was in the group and it's a birth group. And um, they were saying, you know, where do you get your, where do you get your strength from? What do you do? And they were mm-hmm. saying they do yoga or they do um, music, listen to music or they dance or they do this, that and the other. And I, I thought to myself, where am I getting, where am I getting, where's my, mm-hmm. where's my self care coming from? And then I said, actually, I think it's just my faith and prayer. And they looked at me yes. and they were like, hmm? And then they said, look, you know, you do need to think about vitamins and all this kind of, and I was like, no, no, good. I've got all that as well. It's not like, <laughs> it's not like, I'm, not, it's not like I'm not taking my vitamins and supplements, but it's just that we don't need anything else. It's good for the soul, subhanAllah. 
you know, know nourishment of the soul yeah so I can say. definitely see both sides of the coin and I like I like this side <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful it's very fulfilling mm-hmm. and it brings it brings everything back round it's like that that sort of completions everything it, it just it, it keeps everything in check as you say. it's so grounding you know as you said Allah, and as you say that I'm looking at your logo Allah <laughs> and it's so beautiful it just it just basically just I literally just landed my eyes landed on your logo because you're on the screen so that all the listeners know but literally beautiful logo Allah oh, the way it comes around time. and then comes back to the middle that's that was the, the whole <laughs> there was a lot of thought that went into that alhamdulillah I can um, see that yeah. <laughs> I love I love it I love it Allah reward you for everything you do and you know all these years of strengthening and supporting and um you know providing love and care for people because even listening to the way you speak Allah you speak beautifully and you are so articulate and you know you're gonna make my head swell subhanallah (laughs) don't worry about um, that it's important to know it because it's true like if you're hearing something you have to say it give praise where praise is due maybe no one's ever said it so i'm saying it (laughs) you know and i just what gives me do you know i i I almost feel like i've been compelled into doing this and every time i try Mm -hmm. to like take a step back allah like literally brings me right back in so i i I own it now alhamdulillah i know that it's a it's a it's a beautiful thing it's a difficult thing at times but we need so many more of us that's why i'm so honored to be you know on this with you i think it's likewise for inviting me you know and I'm, I'm more than happy to do these kind of things because I feel like if at that time all those years ago if I saw a, as bring it right back to the beginning of what you said mm. if I saw a reflection of myself and if I mm. saw an avenue for what was possible for me mm. that that I'm not saying my 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 situation would have been different because that was it was written for me to be the way it was right, right. the way I the way I felt though subhanallah the way I felt and experienced everything just seeing a reflection of oh look I, I, maybe I could go to that class or have that that doula naqabi or you know whatever yeah. that just having that subhanallah I just find it so beautiful and I just really mm. every time I see a sister stepping up and you know doesn't mean she has to be all out there no just her very presence mm. you know yeah. just her very showing up in her own way I just love it and I, I just honor it and I just think it's incredible make dua that Allah um, brings about khair for all of us I mean I mean, I hear you. I feel the same as well. And by the way, before we go, please, everyone, do check out Anissa has got an affirmations book just for Muslim sisters. I have a copy. (laughs) I use it just for myself. I just use it for myself. But I have a client coming up, and I've got. I'm actually. I'm speaking her this. Speaking to her this week. We have our first appointment as it were our meeting inshallah. so inshallah it will be with me in my bag oh, and I will be yeah inshallah <laughs> no oh, because this is these are gems these are gems these are things we we need we sisters need this is for us you know mm. this isn't something yeah. anybody else can can offer us other than ourselves mm. so we have to you know this these are our resources and this is what yes. keeps us strong we're an ummah and we are one mm. and the body feels and we we work mm-hmm. together so that's the way it goes mm-hmm. So yeah, JazakAllah khair for all your contributions and offerings. Barakallah. Mm, <laughs> inshallah, we meet again. We'll make another plan or arrangement. Find something inshallah. to talk about, inshallah. <laughs> okay. You take care of yourself, inshallah. You I'll too. just round us up and then I'll stop recording. But I'll just say, As-salamu alaykum. Ramatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaykum salam wa barakatuh.